Good song Hello. choice. Wow. That was yeah. so good. good Otis Redding from what movie? Uh, the song. <laughs> do you remember what movie it was from? It's from a Sydney Poitier movie. Or do you say Poitier? Poitier. Um, the song from Look Who's Coming to, to dinner. dinner. Yeah. The Glory of Love. Oh, um, man. Sung by oh, yeah, Otis that is. Redding. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's Which is good. not who sang it in the movie, but we but thought still. that would be a fun version. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome back to Reads and Weeds. Woo! This Reads is Shelly Smith. And I'm here today with Martin Butler, and who's all smiley in his little happy red sweatshirt. (laughs) And Claire Forrester is back. Hi. And uh, we had a little break because I had some shows and I had to travel and we read a longer book. And uh, full disclosure, Marty did not read the book. But I was oh, like, so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Come I on want out for a bowl. just come on out. So if if this is your first uh, episode, because you're curious about this book, we are a group of people that likes to smoke weed and read books. Mm-hmm. And today, yeah. what we had was a sativa that my friend gave me yesterday for giving her a ride. She couldn't, her, someone was wrong with her car or something. Oh. And so I drove all the way out to Gregory, Michigan, oh, Gregory. which is far, oh. <laughs> and That's drove far her around. Hour. It was about an hour. Really? Yeah. How do you have to go through hell to get there? Yeah. No. You it's do. on the other side. No, I, I didn't have to, the oh, way yeah. I was going. But I appreciate the joke. I like it. So, um, Sounds like it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing my ass off. So sad. we... uh we decided to read um, a book by Percival Everett called I Am Not Sidney Poitier. And it was recommended by my friend Carrie, who I thought for sure would want to be in on this. But she recommended it to me a while ago, and then we did lots of other things. And so, um, but it was fascinating. It was fascinating. And um, just to give you, so... Percival Everett is, uh, well, actually, you, C- Claire, give us a little rundown on Percival oh, Everett in case um, people he don't know. He is an academic. He's um, a teacher, I think, somewhere in California, mm-hmm. uh, a professor. So the, the character Percival Everett is a fictionalized version of himself, yep. sort of the, um, the professor of the class on nonsense. Um, and he's, he's written a lot of fiction. Um, apparently he also had a book of poetry in there, a novella, short stories, Mm -hmm. um, all sort of in this similar genre of satire, um, the absurd and, um, you know, obviously racial commentary, Mm -hmm. Um, the absurdities of racism is yeah. how one of so someone someone put it in one of the reviews I read. That's his real name, uh, Percival Everett. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, this yeah. is the author's name, but <laughs> yeah. it is also good a question. Good starter. I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot about this book. Good starter. So this is his name. That's, that's his real name. And he wrote a book <laughs> called like The History of Black People in America or something, but. By Strom Thurmond, like he wrote it as if he was Strom. See, Thurman. so he's done it before, so it was 
good of me to ask that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. he has written like other. It's kind of like me- a meta fiction. Uh, yeah. And this yeah. came out. He's been writing for a long time. I mean, he's and yes. So he's, this came out in two thousand nine. Like prolific, I think. Yeah. At this point, now say. I want to see a lot. a lot of people. Yeah. Now I want to read a lot of his stuff. Yeah. I didn't mean see a lot of people. <laughs> That's not what I, I meant to say. See a lot of people. <laughs> Welcome to my book club. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to try to explain what this book is about. <laughs> Um, this book is about a young man who has a crazy mother. You hear about her pretty much only in the past tense. Wait, one question who, real quick. Yeah. So he's the narrator of the mm-hmm. book, though, too. No, no the it's guy, just an omniscient not, narr- not, okay. yeah, narrator. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like the, the character, not Sidney Poitier, is kind of the main character. The main character. The okay, it's so his, it's, not, it's okay. his story. Okay, never mind. Carry on, carry on. uh, His mother, allegedly he was in utero for almost two years. 24, 21 months or something, 23 months, anyway. So it starts starts on this uh, this impossible, absurd Uh premise that he was in utero for 20 months or something. Yep, yep, and his mother was crazy. Nobody believed that she was going to have a baby Mm -hmm. because she said she'd been pregnant for almost two years, so no one believed her. And then she had a baby. Topic? Nobody really... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, they, he didn't go it? into that. Okay. No. He didn't no. go into that, but I assume it was pretty rough and also pretend. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that that didn't even come up, believe it or not. So, um, yeah. So, they really don't say who the father is. There, yeah, there is no father. There's no father. There's no father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of holes in this story. Just wait. And um, somehow his mother had invested in Turner Broadcasting, and so she's super-duper rich. Mm -hmm. And so he becomes super-duper rich and starts hanging out and sort of living with Ted Turner. Not really as a son, because Ted Turner is this whole weird ass character <laughs> in the book i think maybe my favorite i mean the best character yes. ever gets just the, the he's, weirdest, he's got the best lines the best lines i want to just just make a cartoon book of ted turner yes. saying all those lines wouldn't that be fun maybe it yeah. already exists it was yeah. i mean there's been i had i had a good time looking at pictures of ted turner online and, and picturing and, and him and picturing his, i was like this oh, needs to happen i didn't even think about that but maybe yeah. we could put that on our little blog put that yes. together work it up work up a meme <laughs> So it's his story. Yes. Draw a bunch of random pictures of Ted Turner and we'll put these quotes over him. I love his hair. Please (laughs) do it. He had the best hair. Yes, yes. And so, um, and it's just, so it's just his life and his name is not Sidney Poitier. That's his name. Not Mm -hmm. Sidney. Not Sidney. Or it's not. I think some people, Ted Turner calls it not. Not. No, I, don't, I like out. don't totally understand how that's supposed to sound. I think it sounds southern, like not. That sounds British. Yeah, not. Hey, not, not, not. His name is Not Sydney, but as you can tell, obviously, this kid growing up with a name like Not Sydney, he gets his ass kicked all the time. Like he pretty much is getting his ass kicked the yeah. first however mm-hmm. the whole first section. His life just, is an Abbott, Abbott and Costello routine. Yeah. Like, Okay, it's not Sydney. What is it? <laughs> but uh, but then not actually laughing because people just don't understand. Right? It. They say, "What is your name?" He says, "Not Sydney." And then and they he say, gets "Well, what is it?" They think he's just being a wise ass. They think he's yeah. just being a wise ass. Swinging on him. Mm-hmm. 
and he just he so he learned how to so get so tell me about your overall tell me about the book claire um but wait and if marty has questions be sure to honor them <laughs> i will do my best okay so, wait for a break um so this is it's kind of like he goes on this very these various adventures right so he He's in high school. He gets taken advantage of by a high school teacher, like sexually assaulted, essentially, mm-hmm. fellated, yes. um, <laughs> painfully so, uh, and drops out of teeth. high school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's, it, I mean, there's so, ma- there's so much symbolism in this book that you could just like one thing you could talk for 15 minutes. It's just super fascinating. Go, um, girl. So he drops Do out of it. school after this. So he drops out of school and then like says that he's going to go, he tries to move to LA back where he was originally from after his mother died. He moved Oh yeah. He lives in live. Atlanta. He moved to live on like basically the compound where Ted Turner lives, but not in the house because he didn't because Ted Turner doesn't like the idea of it uh, looking like a um, like he has an African-American houseboy. Yeah. Or like like it's like it's some charity case or what's the right, show he was that haunted he by different strokes? Yes. Ted Turner yes. There's a was there's a haunted by, where, yeah. by different strokes. And he hated that idea that, of like, the image. Yeah. Of like, I don't want to be that rich white man taking care of this boy because basically not Sidney Poitier is rich. Yeah. Really crazy, stupid rich. rich. He's just kind of having trouble with life because of his name. And he's a dark skinned boy with a weird past and Mm -hmm. you know, okay, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And his mother, she was very odd. So he's, he's then raised in, uh, in this cabin by like housekeepers and tutors um, but then the first time he tries to go to Los Angeles, he gets arrested for basically driving while black. Yeah. Um, for no reason. I mean, essentially that's what they say for the crime of being black is, is, you know, yeah. is what's said at one point and yeah. it's not in it's very literal way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but then he, then he's on a bus and there's a bus crash. So here's the thing that, uh, that, and I've never seen the real Sidney Poitier's movies, but and now I feel like I need to because I didn't realize that apparently these things that happened to him, not Sidney Poitier, are actually parts similar to plots of all of Sidney Poitier's movies. Oh my God. Movies. Yeah. So one of his I movies. I didn't realize that either. Yeah. So what? one of the movies, which I think is really interesting because it's, it's, it's a fascinating premise that some that Sidney Poitier's character is, um, handcuffed to a white prisoner and they oh, escape yes. or whatever. So oh my one, gosh. that's one of the movies. I can't remember it off the top of my head now um and then so on and so forth um, i am sitting here with my brain blowing open because i can't believe i yeah. didn't fucking realize that especially with right. the going home for thanksgiving i know the plot yeah of Jess, who's so coming to dinner so i know the plot of that right. movie and it didn't yeah. even dawn really? no yeah you're right it didn't i've been so stressed either, out i was yeah. just trying to like get <laughs> through the book but that's now i gotta reread the whole thing uh, yeah when does this book take place? Like so what, uh, um, that's kind of one of the interesting parts about it is that you don't totally run, know. So it and I think running parallel to Sydney. He's Quattier's using payphones, right? So there are like at certain points you can tell there. Right, he's using cell phones, and there was something Some else. Cultural I can't remember. references, yeah. 
that were like, okay, this is maybe taking place in the 90, 80s, yes. 90s, like, like because later of that. You know what I realized? It was before things went downhill with Bill Cosby because there's that whole Bill Cosby. Well, see, making a I don't know thing. though because I, part of me feels like it it may time in this book is totally messed with yeah and it doesn't even matter in many different ways dreaming also he's dreaming a lot um but in the end he like ages really quickly yes um yes and uh, what's the there was something else oh there there were just a few things where like in certain places that he goes like particularly when he's dealing dealing with the white people in the first like story his the first part like when he's um, getting his butt kicked when school? he's no i well i guess so the second story then, the atlanta the one, story um i mean the no the one where arrested. he's where he's arrested for being black right. and he's dealing with these very backwoods white people and right. the way that they're talking is very like from a you wonder era. it's yes yeah. they're from a different era they live in a like a shack um mm-hmm. you know yeah um so it's it's hard to tell what time period it's happening. And then you're like, well, Ted Turner, and we're talking about television and, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, And there is is mention of, like, certain people having, oh, my granddad was a slave owner or something like that. So you have sort of those generational references. Mm -hmm. But they seemed inconsistent to me a little bit enough that it was like, you feel it. It's like, he's definitely trying to mess with right. your sense of time. Right. And I didn't even, now that I'm thinking of in terms of like, just linking a bunch of Sidney Poitier movies together, like scenes. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the whole book just shifted into a new mm. thing in my mind. Hold on. Hey Todd, is there anything we can do about that hum? That hum is so loud. Can you see what that, hum is i don't know what it is and we can edit out this whole little section here but um so marty just so you know all these crazy things we're saying this guy's just telling the story like and then this happened and then this happened and then i got arrested and then we were beaten and then you know he's just telling like weird adventure story and very directly and kind of dryly mm-hmm. and he's a yeah it's in this very satire right, right he doesn't really react in anger he's not inserting a lot of emotion he's not like right well sydney the the character the not character sydney. the character yeah scenes from yeah. sydney poitier's movies and passing yeah. it off well, as his own life maybe kind of well i mean i think that the idea so the idea of of always being defined by what you are not and then in the end turning into that which you were supposedly oh, not wow. or does he you know right. so in right. the end if we skip to the end the last sort of part of the of the epic <laughs> battle is that he starts to actually look like Sidney Poitier. Yes. He start he ages, like I was saying before, he ages very quickly. He talks about, oh, I look older and I have got gray in my hair. I've got wrinkles yeah. on my face. Yeah. Um, and then when he ends up getting to Los Angeles, goes and receives an award as Sidney Poitier in mm-hmm. Los Angeles. That blew my mind. I yeah. didn't. Yeah, uh, so that crazy. the end shifted everything for me, but I was just really tired. 
Um, and so I couldn't realize, I was just like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. But now <laughs> thinking not. about the fact that if you grow up and everybody's basically telling you you're not important, you can't be here, um, we rule over you, da-da-da. But what you're building towards is walking onto a stage and getting an award. It's, it's so wild now. Huh. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's so. All the yeah. shit that not Sydney had overcome. Yeah, but it's not even like overcoming. It was kind of like things happened to him and then he just kept living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, do we think that he deserves the award, though? That's for Sydney Poitier. I mean, is he impersonating Sydney Poitier or does he somehow turn into or is it just, I mean. Just well, fantastic. Now I'm thinking, now I'm thinking about Sydney it in a completely Poitier different the whole time. Yeah, I think he was Sydney Poitier the and whole he time. He was not Sydney Poitier. He was playing that character in that scene. Mm-hmm. Solved. <laughs> Next book. Bring it on. <laughs> There's a fuel. Well, like wait a minute. Well, you. I think um, I think what I mean is nobody's super important and famous until the moment they're super important and famous. Before then, they're just a person flopping along, living their life, right? So this guy's flopping along, living his life, which happens to be all these Sidney Poitier Well, so the question then is, who's who's the dead body that's in... Corn corn eye, eye smut, corn smut? Yeah, corn smut uh, at Alabama or Georgia? Where smut eye? Smut eye. Smut eye, Alabama. Corn smut. Because they're eating corn smut. Right. And it's probably kind of like grits, I think. Well, okay, so here's the crazy thing that apparently, and I was, I just happened to be reading another book at the same time that mentioned this, this fungus that grows on corn. Okay. Right. So it's a fungus that grows on corn and that people eat. Right. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It tripped me out. I was like, what the fuck? Oh my gosh. But apparently it is a, it can be hallucinogenic. Oh. So I went back well, and looked I'm in here. I haven't heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't we get some of that? Um, How did you hear about it before me? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I looked back to see if he had any, if, if Percival Everett like made any reference that, that, that was the case. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the headphones and the buzz. It's just in the headphones. Yeah, like it's not being recorded. Well, it just that's sounds good. That way, that's that is good. good. Okay. We'll have to add Interesting. it afterwards. So <laughs> <don't look crazy. laughs> we'll all just stay for an hour afterwards. Are you hearing that? Mm-hmm. Um, so what I mean is, so okay. there's no white noise like blocking off our heavy breathing if we lean into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like keep. All right, carry on. Um, what I mean is like. When you think of somebody like Lady Gaga, right? Okay. She's moving yeah. along in her life, and all of a sudden one day she's like, bam, Lady Gaga. Everybody she's knows she's Lady famous. Gaga. She's yeah. famous. She's got a persona. She's got a brand, yeah. right? She's Lady Gaga. Before that, she's not Lady Gaga. Yeah. I mean, Do it doesn't happen overnight, but I get... But yeah, yeah. Is there, the is, there is there is a moment. Stephanie Germanata yeah. was the person in the box. Lady Gaga is the person going, oh my God, I'm going on stage to receive an award. So... What yeah. I'm saying is, if now that my I'm thinking about this book in a different way, is that he's not Sidney Poitier until he becomes 
Yeah. So Sydney he's recognized Poitier. as Sidney Poitier. Yeah, because everybody's like, oh, he's good looking. Oh, he's really dark, though. Like all the things that have been said about mm-hmm. Sidney Poitier. Yeah. And his, you know, so. So and it the, is. So I, I mean, think, I so don't. It's twisting yeah. in my mind right at this yeah, moment yeah. to be that maybe he's not Sidney Poitier until he is. And he is. Mm-hmm. When he goes on stage and receives an award, because until then the name really isn't anything. Mm-hmm. And right? even then, his professional public, you know, like the way the public knew him was all these characters. You yeah, know, it's not like they really knew his life. So we're saying that Sidney Poitier's movies, though, that he was living those dramas in his real life. That this is some kind of, or maybe even it- more, tr- even truer. Um, narrative of Sidney Poitier's life I... to, to like interpret those movies as something that were significant oh, to his. Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, Look at him. Up he's there. very handsome. He reminds me of Harry Belafonte, which is who is also, I think they're both, pretty. Um, actually, maybe Harry ba- Belafonte is not. Are they um, about the same Baham- age? I can't How do you tell. say that. Baham- Baham- Bahamanian? Bahamanian. I was mm-hmm. like, Bahamanian. <laughs> <laughs> Bahama Breeze. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So he looks He's like an Bahamas. African president. He's from the Bahamas. Um, he served in, in the picture, army. Because he's got like a medal. He served in the neck. army. I mean, that when he was making movies and Maybe being in some, it was a really big deal. Yeah. It's a really big deal. Maybe he um, won an Olympic medal. Can well, we scroll down? See, my question... No, I wasn't thinking no. of... Um, no. I figure that will come up. Oh, leave this up. This is great. I wasn't thinking of uh, him. That's not how I was thinking of it. I love that picture that you just painted, but what I was thinking is that Percival Everett set out to write a book about... How someone, and I could be so mm-hmm. wrong, right? He could have just, fly, like, he's like, what was his life like? Mm. And when did he become Sidney yeah. Poitier? And yeah. what was he before that? Yeah. Was he not Sidney Poitier? Well, it so is interesting, like, the choice of Sidney Poitier specifically. I mean, yeah, that would be a really fascinating question to ask. Oh, yeah. Personal Everett. And I, think, and I, I wonder if yeah. he did interviews. Of course, I'm sure. I would almost say this, I mean, without even reading this book. Remember, I didn't read the book. <laughs> sure, I'm learning sure. about it from you guys. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's <laughs> really me. interesting. But it almost sounds like to me like he wrote uh, basically a fictional biography of Sidney Poitier just based on the movies of Sidney Poitier. Like without oh. knowing like without knowing like details too much about his personal life. I mean, I don't know how much he gets into his real life experience. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you could really argue that, be- just because the well, I didn't read the book. Uh, no, no, I mean, <laughs> I'm stupid. I, I do. Didn't read the book. No, 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 no. I mean, I do kind of like this. I do like this sort of way of trying to interpret yeah. the intention of oh my the, gosh, the book or whatever. St- hold on one second. Yeah, he directed Stir Crazy. Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder, Sidney oh. Poitier. Oh, yeah. So I don't think I knew that. For many years was the highest grossing film directed by a person of African descent. Poitier I Cosby. loved that book. Yeah. I mean, that movie. Did you say Bill Cosby gets a, gets a mention in this book? Yes. See, he, yeah, he, yeah. Him and Bill Cosby directed movies together. Well, yeah. for, I'm, yeah, the, I mean, Cosby. Or he directed Cosby's Cosby kind of one of those, those people is like, 
during that time period, you probably you probably worked with. Yeah. 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 Well, and the Cosby the Cosby yeah, reference I mean, I is really to... interesting. I think the yeah. Cosby reference is intended to be contemporaneous with the book. I think it's intended to be, you know, yeah. that that even after he did these heinous things essentially even though he was a what he was acquitted or the jury was hung or something to that effect i think that's after that he but what he but he but it doesn't mean that he but he still did these things he still was a fucking predator right um but then so he has him in here just spewing this not this like celebrity nonsense Mm -hmm. um but you you know, know bill cosby did do that he like yeah he, oh absolutely he he spoke at a graduation at yeah an all black college oh I have a feeling a some of this is actually doctor. what he said huh? I have a feeling some of it's definitely yeah that's definitely verbatim yeah. shit he said <laughs> his honorary doctorate just by going up there and yeah and said slap, like slap. basically all the things he said about like it, this is how not to be a good black man you know he kind of ranted and i can't oh, yeah, the old pull your pants up speech yeah and he kind of does this in the book that that's yeah kind of i don't you know i don't know there there is definitely a, i think a, a a fair amount of literature about sort of bill cosby's philosophy of talking to um the black community that some people find problematic and i can't really articulate specifically what it is um yeah but to some degree, I think that it is in line with the the family of his high or his college girlfriend when he goes home for he goes to back to DC for Thanksgiving to visit. Oh yeah. Um, so Marty, do you know the movie Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? I'm familiar with it. I haven't seen okay. it. Okay. Or just the premise yeah, of, know you know, is, uh, uh, surprise. Uh, yeah, a white yeah. family being introduced to the black African boyfriend, boyfriend of you no. Know, yeah. The darker mm-hmm. in color. Yeah. To whatever degree. Yeah, and then I was surprised the whole time because it was hard for me to tell if the family that he was visiting was the, they seemed like all mixed. Um, yeah, yeah, they were they all were mixed. mixed. And he yeah. the father even like says, "I'm 130 I'm 132nd this, I'm 18th yes. this and you know, and he's only he's saying basically he's only a third black and the other two thirds or whatever are are Irish and he's also you know, he cites some Native American tribe and this and that and the other. Um so he's basically trying to be anything but black, you know. Yeah. Um do you remember the section that was that Bill? Co- what I would love to find is the Bill Cosby rant and some of the best Ted Turner lines. <laughs> the you the really good any? Ted Turner lines are he gets more absurd towards the end. So Marty, just so you um, understand, they just kind of say. So then I went to live with Ted Turner, hmm. and he just kind of describes like these are some of my teachers and these are hey, some did of my Sydney nannies. Did Sidney ever live with Ted Turner? Oh, no, I don't think so. I wonder if they work together on movies because that's what I would love to I know. I mean, I don't know if Ted Turner was in the game all the way back then. I but, bet um, so. I mean, so? yeah, because I mean, Jane like, Fonda. But that wasn't until like the 80s that him and Jane Fonda. Well, I don't know. Connected. She was. Uh, and I mean, when maybe were these late movies? 70s? In the 60s. But when, when did he live with. Uh, like, when did he live with Ted Turner and that? 
uh, kind of his high school and college. His his mother died when he was eleven. Yeah, so twelve then, to eighteen. Yeah, okay, to so 18. before it was right. Okay, yeah, so oh, that's probably not, okay. Then maybe it was just this. Yeah, pull pull God, one of I those wish I up. Could find um, so he um, so he lives with Ted Turner, and you're just introduced to Ted Turner's character by him being this. You don't. There's nothing. There's no animosity. Right, it's just this very direct, weird. <laughs> he says things. You can ask him what's for dinner, and he'll be like, "You ever noticed how far frogs go when they hop?" Like he <laughs> he just says the weirdest things, and and that's what you expect from him in every in every exchange is that he's gonna talk to he's gonna talk to they have like a trusted relationship, right? Doesn't it seem like they have a trusted relationship, Claire? Oh yeah, like definitely. They're a family. He's always he's always reaching out to Ted for advice, and I mean, in the end, Ted and Paji, the accountant, um, are the and and Percival Everett, the fictional Percival mm-hmm. Everett, are these three characters that he calls in in the end to help him oh, yeah. find his money and also figure out who killed. The person who looks just like him. Yes. So he, so, yeah. I mean, there are, there are so many, you know, mini stories within stories, yes. but he ends up in this place called Smut Eye. Yep. Um, is, is it Alabama? Yeah. Or is it basically, basically, when he comes back, um, when he, okay, so he does, the, he goes for the Thanksgiving with the white girlfriend and he ends up just kind of deciding to mess with them. A little bit, just by being as weird and direct as possible, and then he realizes how weird and direct he's being. So he leaves, and when he gets back, he's basically like, "Why am I in college? I'm super rich. I don't understand. I'm just going to try to go to L.A. again." So he starts driving to L.A. and he ends up in Smut Eye with car trouble, and meets and take it from there, Claire. Uh, sorry, I was, <laughs> I I did not hear what your what oh, your lead was. I was just summing up fact that when he got back from the thanksgiving thing he was like i sh- maybe i shouldn't be in college i'm going to la i'm really rich and he starts heading that way and then he ends up in smut eye that's it yeah he ends up in smut eye um does he get arrested again is that how he ends up there no his car starts to break down yeah and he ends up um at a a shack where these nuns live yeah. Um. And these nuns basically are like, you've been sent to us to fix our roof. So he fixes their roof because he's also in the process of fixing his car. Um. And he fixes their roof. And the they one of the sisters. They think he was sent by God. Yeah, they think he was sent by God. And one of the sisters is adamant that he is going to build them a church. Um. So he essentially, you know, it's this. He's trying to figure out a way to give the money to the nuns, but without then this architect taking advantage of them. Um, and so he hides the money. Um, and then he he goes somewhere and then comes back. I can't remember. There's a tornado that happens. I mean, the, the end of the book is just very, you know, you read the last, you read the last 50, 60 (laughs) pages. Like you, you have to just finish it. Yeah. Um, But at any rate, he thinks that someone has killed this other unnamed, this John Doe, 
because John Doe looks just like him. Yes. So he thinks that somebody killed this John Doe because they thought that they could get the money. They're looking for his $50,000. Right. Um, but it turns out that they killed just a, a doppelganger. So this is where I think it just, the, it gets really interesting as to the question of like, you know, they never answer, they never figure out who killed him or who it was. Um, but that there is this, there is this other body that looks like Sidney Poitier in the morgue of this smut eye. And the, I, I, I wish I could find that passage where he's describing essentially seeing himself in the morgue. Um, and it's almost in these same pa- few passages where he stops introducing himself as not Sidney Poitier and says just right. doesn't correct someone doesn't for like the first someone. time. Hey, t- Todd, can you Google um, yes. Sidney Poitier's movies referenced by Percival Everett? See if something comes up. Because I'm, now I'm wondering if there's like a nun... Sydney Poitier movie. Oh, there, there is definitely there is. So if you go to just, um, IMDb or even Wikipedia. If you go to, I, one of the reviews that I read is, is where I, I read this. So if you go to, um, uh, I'm not Sydney Poitier rev- reviews or something. Hey, also, oh, this is total side note, but when you said reviews, it reminded me. If you guys get an account on Edelweiss, yeah. then we can find advanced review copies that are downloadable mm. and they're free and downloadable. And then we could review books that haven't come out yet. New oh, things. Wow. The re- this one? That's what yeah. I'm trying to do with my life. My that, blog. Um, yeah, click that look. and then we can see. find things. So um, then sc- scroll down. <laughs> Pardon us um, while we Google. I North think it's things. the one that is... There, there was a one on um, NPR or PBS or something. NPR, yeah. Hilarious strut through Badlands of Race and Class. NPR. Then scroll down. Let's see. They're, they're referenced maybe half midway through. Uh, okay. In the Heat of the Night, the Defiant Ones. Okay, here we go. In the Heat of the Night, um, there's apparently a, a, a line from the movie. They called the me, the they call me Mr. Poitier. Um, that has nuns in it. The the defiant ones on the lamb manacled to a white prison. What? Lilies of the field. The nuns replace. There's what? nuns apparently in the other ones. So these women are actually in in the book are actually not nuns. Oh apparently gosh. they're just hard up Pentecostals. It's but so they great. they're nuns. Um, oh, yeah. Awesome. So these three movies, and then actually no four. Sorry, excuse me. And then guess who's coming to dinner? So yeah, it's like it's this. It's like Sidney Poitier's. Well, and then you think about it that he's yeah, also yeah. this kind of like Don Quixote character. And in the beginning, he's like, I am, I am fighting windmills. You yeah. know, he essentially calls himself Don Quixote. I mean, yeah. the symbolism is. And then so he goes on this these epic journeys. I mean, he's imprisoned. He's you know. He's, um, yeah. he's kind of molested ish twice. Oh, yeah, molested. Yeah. He, Basically um, two like powerful female figures give him blowjobs <laughs> and he tries to tell people that it happened and no one <laughs> believes him. <laughs> and so it kind of has a weird effect on him, yeah. of course. And, um, he and takes so- it in stride though and it's just like, okay, this is just this the way the world is. And, um, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And he he has these dreams. Um, yeah, some crazy and dreams. And in the dreams, the dreams, it's like he's becoming a, a, a black man from 100 years ago or from 200 years yeah. ago or from 60 years ago in that same space. Like he finds himself in a space, he falls asleep, and then he has a dream about kind of this same scenario. But a lot of times it's sort of in he's riding a horse He's yeah, there are a couple. Teeth. There are a couple that are just really strange. In the in like in the first dream, and I just was f- flipping to this section earlier today, which is why I remember this one specifically. Um, he is a he's an African. It, what's it's what seems that he is an African um, slave a seller. Yeah. Um, and in in some way, like working with the white man who is the white men who who are purchasing. Yeah, I had a hard time keeping because um, I think they shifted roles, didn't they? When it, when the woman walks in, it's like, why am I different? You're used to be the new one. That scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, because they're they're purchasing a particularly light skinned woman right um to be the new mistress of this you know in in this slave house or in this on this plant you know plantation or or whatever in the in the house so um but he is some he is essentially complicit in in that um in that dream and is not is not like is not a good guy. Whereas in some of the other ones, he does sort of play a, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, has a moral compass more so than maybe you would say in that first dream. You know what I love about this? And, um, so this, this review right here, a deadpan satirist, Everett pulls and tugs at the truth that economic privilege and skin tone. Here's the thing though, is he doesn't, it doesn't feel like I'm being beat over the head with something political. It's just he's telling a story. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's and what's good about that. Yeah, that's what's good about satire. Ideal. I mean, it is. It Very is, matter of fact. Yes. Like, yeah. It's dry. It's uh-huh. just, yeah, deadpan. Yeah. Um, and often very surprising because it's, it. you know, some of the things are th- are things that we like to ignore. <laughs> I think as white people in particular like oh, yeah. to ignore um, because it's easier. <laughs> right. But also he is like if what Percival Everett did was reference, intentionally reference all these City Poitier movies, he didn't even have to try to make the commentary because films starring black men are already making the commentary throughout throughout time. Like, yeah, all you have which to do is, is yeah. Say, all you have to do is say, remember all those black exploitation films? Those exist. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all you have to say. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to say why it's weird or why it's bad. The fact that it's there. Well, that's why, I, is, that's why I say there's so yeah. much amazing and rich symbolism in this oh, book yeah. that, um, you know, you could you could pull apart and and think about, oh, does this mean this? And um... oh, he runs, he pledges a fraternity yeah. 
He pledges. So this is very interesting. So Percival Everett is the author, mm-hmm. and Percival Everett is also a character. He's a professor at Morehouse, and he's teaching a class called, like, what is it called? Like the ridiculous. It's something about nonsense. like not. It's about nonsense. Yeah. The, the uh, it's. Oh shoot! Like nonsense in literature or something. Like yeah, that. or it's just general. introduction to nonsense. Introdu- so it's yeah, something like that. So he um, he takes this class, and everybody in the class is trying to figure out if it's profound or mm-hmm. if this guy's just an idiot. And he'll just call class in the middle of class, or he'll just talk about nothing. Or they ask him how to get a grade, and he'll be like, well, "You got an A," and but then he'll fail them. Like he's just messing with mm-hmm. them, right? And he kind of becomes. The confidant. He's like another ridiculous confidant in this guy's life. Mm-hmm. Like the confidants in his life are all utterly ridiculous. His <laughs> mom was kind of a crazy yeah. political character who may have been hysterical and lied and who knows. His Ted Turner is right. super rich but also right. weird. Well, and the, right. What I think is interesting is the three that are there with him at the end, his advisors, essentially, yeah. the people that he calls when he's like, I've been murdered and people are after my money. Like, come help me. It's yeah. Paji, the, the, the accountant, Ted Turner and Percival Everett. Yeah. And these are, these are his like mentors. These yeah. are the, the, you know, it's kind of like, are they his, um, his, his ghosts of, various futures past wow you know it's kind of interesting to think well when there's a when there's a trio of you know um savants or wise men oh so to speak like damn claire yeah damn (laughs) what did you think about it this way so yeah that's why i'm saying this shit is like and i don't even and 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 there's there's so much that i i didn't get that's that could be mined i mean i'm sure yeah. somebody wrote their thesis you know their phd about oh, yeah. symbolism I'm of sure. xyz they and- accidentally are listening to this and they're pissed <laughs> off because it traumatized i'm not gonna fucking learn ago. anything they <laughs> they did this like in their grad school <laughs> literature class in 2009 and they're just pissed that they stumbled across a bunch of stoners taking it like <laughs> oh, i didn't realize that dang you stupid people and they're just like oh these people. These plebes. Plebes. <laughs> plebes. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Ted Turner because this character, I want, if I, I don't. Did, did you find a good s- I found of a little. So um, uh, he, he has an advisor, and basically they just say he has vast wealth. He's rich. He could spend $50,000 and mess things up, and it mm-hmm. really wouldn't matter. So all of a sudden he just changes kind of how he starts to see things, you know. So he has a financial advisor called Paji. And he just asked Paji to give him, you know, money or do things. And Paji says, I want to buy this television station. That's what I want to do with your money. And he's like, sure, yeah, let's let's do it, whatever. And so he's talking to Ted Turner about it because he's like, "Um, uh, so they're sitting and they're eating chicken. (laughs) Uh, And he says, you know, a media mogul, you'll do great. And uh, not Sydney says, uh, 
I won't be involved in running the thing. I decided to put Podgy in charge. Ted poked at some chicken with his fingers. I don't believe Podgy knows anything about running a company. Then he says, I wonder if the skin is good for you. I can't imagine it is. It tastes good. And then he just starts saying, um, they figure out it's called NET, the Black Soul Station. And all of a sudden, Ted just starts going, I wonder how astronauts go to the bathroom. And how much do they eat? Can you get fat in a weightless environment? (laughs) He chewed more chicken. Not to sound racist, which, being American, I no doubt am, you'd better watch, Podgy. Next thing you know, you'll have shows on the air called Punjabi Profiles and Getting Down in the Ganges. And he does. In the end. Yeah, yeah. He does have those. They describe... You know, he's got the network on in the background. Yes, and, they and that's what's that's on. What's on. <laughs> that's yeah. what's on. So Paji got his way. So and Paji Ted was right. It. He's like, you're right. You're being kind of racist. He says, <laughs> your point being, well, I wouldn't mind if he programmed stuff like that. And then he says, I think I left the front door unlocked at a ranch in Montana. People always think of blue as a cool color, but the hottest part of a flame is blue. So blue's actually a hot color. So they're having kind of a serious conversation. That's a very good. Ted Turner's yeah, like he's got a a toe sore. You know, he's got a whole other narrative going in his head. He's just being like full of wonder and just full of wonder and nonsense and. yeah. Oh my gosh, and some of these characters, there's Bobo. Bobo is the character. Remember the little boy in the house and his sister? Oh, you mean when he's when he's um arrested when he's handcuffed to the white guy, yeah. the 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 people in the house. Yeah, the Bobo. the um and Bobo and Sis, Sis who then sucks his dick in the <laughs> night and like he's asleep and then, and then fucks the, the uh, prisoner, fucks the, the, prisoner other person. the other pri- the prisoner and, and then, then they, they try to escape but they get drunk and stupid <laughs> and he gets on the train without them. oh shoot we we got drunk sis and passed out yeah. and but yeah they were trying the to get feet. on the train to atlanta Gladys and dudley feet dudley feet dudley Wait, feet and gladys <gasps> feet the person that got him into morehouse Oh right, Great and she names. also she also took advantage of him sexually. Yeah. Yep. God Three damn these people. white women! What Three t- different people? Sydney, uh, Percival, what are you trying to say about white women that yeah. they seduce? Well, and, and what is? I wonder if there's movies. I wonder if that happens in the movies. Is what I want to know. Uh oh, in those movies, in in particular, in Sydney Poitier movies, I wonder if there's yeah, I don't men know getting taken advantage of by like their teachers or whatever because. Mm. Um, remember it, okay, so it happens in high school, then it happens when he's getting into Morehouse, then it happens at Thanksgiving with Maggie's sister. Agnes. Oh shit, I forgot about yes, that. Yes, it happens to him three times. Yeah. Three times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and all three times man. it's kind of just Poor like. Poor guy. And then she, and then she blew me. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like. And then I went to bed and put on my socks. Or, you yeah. Know, like he just kind of goes along. He, he That's the interesting thing is there's no emotional reaction. He, yeah, life is just happening to him. Just and, happening. yeah. And, well, like we said, you know, Paji's like, let's buy a network. He's like, okay, let's do that. And, ta- you know, he just kind of does. Yeah. He lets other people make the decisions for him. And then by the circumstances of his blackness yeah obviously he gets decisions made for him that even though he didn't do anything wrong he's he's incarcerated and um you know his life is dictated then by the racist 
system uh-huh. or the you know uh-huh. prejudices that yeah so so what can you tell marty can you explain fesmerizing oh god <laughs> so what's really so interesting how, you, how it starts so so fesmerizing have you actually you're aware of mesmerizing uh-huh. right of that concept so do you know where the word mesmerize comes from yeah from dr mesmer Right. So did you know this, Shelley? No. Okay, a, so so tell Shelley like hypnosis as a system like a self help. Was he was a self help like he wasn't like Well, a he was an old he was like, you know, early early psychiatry yeah. psych you know, uh-huh. early probably in Freud's era era or around there. Uh-huh. Um as a yeah, hypnosis as a therapy. Yeah. And Mesmer, his he developed a, me- a method called Mesmerize. His name was Mes- ah. Friedrich von Mesmer or some shit like that. Dang, right? I didn't know that. Yeah. I yeah. Know that. So this is a, obviously, Fesmerizing is a fictionalized version of what Mesmerizing is. Yeah. But he, he basically, I, I mean, like, Mesmerizing... I don't remember that much detail about what this guy would say like he could do, but it seems kind of like similar to this absurd thing that you can just stare at someone and which is what phesmerizing is that you can just stare at someone and hypnotize them into in a way that you can get them to you do give, what you you're want. You're giving them suggestions. Yeah, you're you're being suggestive. Yeah. So it's kind of like hypnosis, but he basically realizes I'm not going to be able to beat everyone up. Like I, it's impossible. It becomes his, um, his, his defense his, mechanism. Yeah, his defense mechanism. So he believes that he can do this stare at people when they're in a certain frame of mind and then get them to go do something else. Like, for example, he kind of hates pledging the fraternity mm-hmm. um, and he sort of hates his roommate at college. And who is he, a part of the fraternity. Yeah, who's a part of the fraternity and really like, ah, gung-ho about it. Yeah. Hazing he's a, he's him a, and everything. He's a high-up brother. Yeah. And he fesmerizes him into becoming really, like, super into recycling. Obsessed. <laughs> yeah, obsessed, obsessed with recycling. With recycling. Uh, so he gets and all he's the like, pledges. Yeah. He basically stares at him and hypnotizes him into becoming like being a bottle (laughs) collecting man then he's like shit i fucked myself because now there's bottles all all over the place in my room so he phasmerizes him again and is like you're no longer obsessed with recycling and makes him obsessed with something else um but but what's interesting is how an individual's ability or inability to be phesmerized is kind of like one of, it's like, it's also his way of evaluating a person. Like, I, I think sometimes he, he says like, yeah, stupid people are easier to phesmerize or whatever. Or like, if someone isn't easy to phesmerize, it's like, hmm, maybe they're more cunning than you think that they are or something to that effect. Like, it's oh, his, yeah. um, I feel like he didn't have, proper like social skills you know what i mean so he well, created course, right he? right right of he course didn't have a chance. he had a crazy mother <laughs> who crazy. was uh you know yeah. and then he was raised by this a tutor you know um who 
you know, were also very matter of fact. And like, I mean, I think the thing about his mother is like, yeah, she was a little bit crazy, but she was also an intellectual, I think, too. Yeah, she was always she was ranting, really like, smart. His mother was always ranting about the government, mm-hmm. but kind of teaching him how teaching him how things, but not in a crazy be. way, though, not in a crazy way, yeah. a really smart way. Yeah. But and matter of fact, like, matter of fact, like, and the world is, is the world is fucked, and we're as black people in this American world, we're fucked too, and uh, you know, yeah. And also, she's meanwhile getting super rich, um, <laughs> but, yeah, Ted Turner's money, yeah. Um, so speaking of names, yeah, the scrunchies. Oh, <laughs> scrunchies so now we're gonna eye. jump ahead really far. Well, yeah, I just, I just was still ahead these names in my head like yeah there are some really interesting names yeah naming is is it's so fun yeah it's so fun it means so much well and the not the nuns or the pentecostals they also have really crazy names. they all have crazy names yeah 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 except for like i don't know i guess maggie agnes violet those are just like family you know those but but like the well, I mean, a- Agnes is interesting because I think that that's the family trying to be not black, you know, oh, and Maggie, right? I mean, they're, those are decidedly. When he goes to dinner, it's not with a white family. It's like with a really light skinned yeah. black family. That's the difference yeah. between, I guess who's coming to yeah. dinner. So, and w- what about the Jeff character at dinner? Oh, the old boyfriend? No, that like he was like Who's the a Jeff son character? that maybe he's autistic or something. And he's Wait, what? I don't remember this at all. What? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Jeff is at dinner. Oh, shit. He's the nephew. He's the nephew. Right? And Agnes thinks that she's like. She jacks him off under the table with her foot. With her foot. And he's kind of a little bit mentally challenged. Yeah, he. And, and did they say and he's not, autistic? And not Sydney really likes him. Really think. Yeah, he's well, awesome. because he's not judging. He's him. and he's also the only other person who kind of just says what you know doesn't have a yeah. filter. Yeah. Um. And in the end of that, in the end of that scene, he goes off on the family. So the family at first they are, are very call. You know, they're like. He's too dark. They they don't they they don't they dislike him because he's he's dark and he right, right. um you know doesn't have a family. He's not from a good family or whatever. And yeah. but then they find out he's that he's very rich and they do a total like very quick yes. one eighty and yes. they're just like oh, sucking his dick home. in a different way. And then, and, 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 uh, he and then he calls them out at the end. Yes, yes. But doesn't he ask someone for for advice? He asks. And they say kind of messing, or does he do it in a dream? I don't remember. He, I'm gonna look this up because this is very interesting. Basically, he's trying to figure out what to do, and I feel like he calls Percival. Yeah, he calls. Right? Yeah, he yeah, calls he calls somebody. He calls Ted. someone right because he's in the. Um, he's making a phone call in the dad, the father's office. Yes, yes. and he makes like a bold stand, but. N- but because at that point he has already heard the the father talking about how um how they're basically going to entrap him into marrying their daughter so that mm-hmm. you know they can all suck off the teat uh, <laughs> of his yes. Turner broadcasting wealth yeah um 
but that, yeah, that, uh, the description of that family is really interesting. And, um, you know, when I think about things that I would, as a writer, that I would never be able to, to write that are just like things that I could, yeah, I know that they exist, but the detail that like he's describing the house of this family and you can just really see it and you can really understand um what kind of their mentality is based on based on the the um their consumption Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and their conspicuous consumption what they have on display and the 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 couches and the centerpieces and because you know they're talking about thanksgiving so um and everybody talking about where they're from yeah oh and also the family has a black uh housekeeper who housekeeper cook down who never yeah so that's part of that's part of um his admonishment of them at the end Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. is commenting on how she's been cooking all day and she's not you know yeah. She hasn't even been allowed to sit down. Yeah. Um, and they're just like, that's Violet. She's just here. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, I want to find that conversation because basically. Which conversation? Where where he calls. Oh, where gosh. Where he calls and, sa- and asks Percival what to do. And Percival basically says. Um, I was. It tells him kind of to mess with him. Right, he, he can't. I feel like he kind of tells him to mess with him. Yes, you're right. You you're right. Saying? He does. He does yeah. tell him. To, oh, but God, I can't remember. Yeah, and, um, it's, and it's interesting because I'm like, oh, this is an interesting choice. This is what he's saying to do, Professor um, Everett. These people are crazy. Listen, hmm. you're calling me Colette. Uh, you know, don't call me Professor Everett. At least not call all the time. What should I call you? Call me Sir. Call me Dave. Seriously, call me Dave. I want you to call me Dave, right? So he's so his professor, his professor is is nuts and just as nuts as the introduction to nonsense. Yeah, introduction to nonsense. So he says, um, they talked about why do you want me to call you Dave? It's just nothing. Um, then he says, I heard people talking through a vent. They think I'm too uh, dark. Uh, what does that mean? That means they're a bunch of fucked up people is what it means. It means I don't want to be here. Well, if you know that, why are you calling me? Um, so then he says, you're, you're rich. How rich are you? And he's basically saying, remember that nothing puts you in an advantage, like knowing what someone is thinking. When they don't know, mm-hmm. you know what they're thinking. Do you know what I'm telling you? Are you telling me to give them hell? That's right. Happy Thanksgiving. So basically he's saying if you know what they think, you've heard them talking, and they're trying to play you, you kind of have the power to do whatever the fuck you want, and that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. And then he doesn't do it. It's not like he starts turning over tables and kicking over. You know, he does it real cool. <laughs> he just kind of waits until the end and kind of says, uh, yeah, I don't want to be white. That's the difference between me and you. Like he's just real cool about it. It doesn't get emotional, or at least he doesn't describe it in an emotional way. It's so genius. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. he basically, he, he basically takes over the power in the household. Yeah. He overcomes the father. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and yeah, I just I just re- read this little section there that he's like, I could have pulled out my tallywhacker, but I didn't. I mean, there's all there. I mean, this again, the symbolism of he's in the study, the father's study, and the father has all of these dead animals. You know, he's got oh, all he these trophies. Killed him, and they thought that was offensive. <laughs> <laughs> he thought that was offensive that he asked if he killed them. I mean, yeah. it is it is a bit, uh, again, it's an absurd question. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's actually a very literal, very, yeah. you know. Because he didn't, right? No, Yeah, of course not. He didn't. Yeah. So he's just got someone else's dead animals. Mm-hmm. They're not even like trophies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Marty, it's weird. It's good. Can you tell? Yeah. Have you ever read yeah. any Kurt Vonnegut? Yeah. So I think I think there's an uh, there's an element of Kurt Vonnegut to this. Someone one of the reviews said this because I was trying to to yes, sort of place genre like what do we call this? And obviously like satire. Um, but um, I mean, I was like, it's not magical realism, but there yeah. is. There is this, I mean, I mean, satire, you know, that's, yeah. that's the word for it, but just the absurd, the, um. Do you like Tom Robbins? Skinny legs I have, and all, so I have like never read any Tom Robbins. So, um, it kind of reminded me of Tom Robbins in that it gets weird right away. And so you just mm. let it get weirder. Like, yeah. You're like, oh, this character is a can of beans and that character is a wall that they keep seeing and they could yeah. talk to each other. That makes sense. Like when you introduce something so ridiculous early on that you accept whatever next ridiculous thing yeah. comes and you just get used to it. Like, whereas if you threw one of these stories into the middle of another totally realistic novel. Oh, yeah. It, it, would, it seem, would. Yeah. You would be like. This is bullshit. Yeah, it but would be a dream. All... You would have to think that it was a dream sequence. Right, right. And that's what's interesting about the dreams in this is that the dreams then are so outlandish. The yeah. dreams are just like, you know, they're different time periods. He's some character in a, almost in a movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing, speaking of things that this reminded us of, have you seen um, Boots, Riley's um, Sorry to Bother You? The movie. No, but I think he had something to do with this, didn't he? Who, Percival Everett had something to do with... Didn't he? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me because this... It reminded me of that. Again, the... Pointing out the absurdities of racism. Yeah. um, And using very... Like kind of whimsical devices like uh-huh. like humor i mean that's what satire is right yeah, to point yeah. out these grave failings of <laughs> society yeah um yeah. and and the story just gets more and more and more crazy to the point then where at the end that the protagonist becomes something else you yeah. know, transforms. Yeah. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm still feeling good about this idea of him being not Sidney Poitier until he's fully realized. Yeah. Like at the end, and the guy in the box is who he used to be. Hmm. Right. Because if you are going through, you know, he goes through losing his mother, getting beat up, um, realizing he's rich, 
being in high school, learning how to fesmerize, getting into Morehouse, women stuff. Very important. Fesmerizing. You know I mean? fesmerizing. He fesmerizes through the whole thing. Yes. It's, like it's a big, end. it's like, I mean, he, again, yeah, it's he's, his mechanism he, it, it's his like superpower, really. Yeah. And there is a part in the, when he, when his mother is alive that he, there's a comment about, there's a scene where they're watching Superman. Anyway, continue yeah. what you were saying. Oh, well, what I'm saying is he's like, if, if you're not who you are, you know, like if suddenly, if suddenly one day the name Shelly Smith became this big name, you know, before that I was still Shelly Smith, <laughs> right? But I wasn't Shelly Smith, Shelley right? Smith. <laughs> I was not, no, 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 not no. Shelly Smith. Smith. The Shelly Smith. Smith. No, Shelly yes, yes. Smith. Yes, ESPN reporter, ESP. body double. There's a lot of people that you Google that are before me, Shelly Smith. <laughs> I've looked them up. Oh, but damn. one is a very famous body double, and one's an ESPN reporter, and one's like a math professor. How famous can you really be as a body double, though? Well, you can be that. You can be <laughs> Julia Roberts. Famous. Body. You're famous industry only famous. with yeah, industry famous. Industry famous, like she was, maybe like she Julia Roberts' to, body, yeah. and pretty woman. Pretty woman. Yeah, she gets invited to every body double party. Yeah. Yeah, she's that famous <laughs> yeah. on that level, but yeah. she's still labled to just go to the grocery she's store. She's not Shelly Smith. Yeah, <laughs> she's just, not. She's no, not she's n- she's body. not yeah. not Shelly Smith. Not Shelly. Not Shelly. Not Shelly. Not not Shelly Smith. Oh, it's too confusing. But so I see that as the guy in the box, and he's like, "Who killed me? Who killed me? Somebody's trying to kill me." And it's because he's not that person anymore. Oh, I see what you you mean. Yes, I'm like the person in the box. I'm like the box. What box? Okay, the the corpse. Yeah, the corpse. And And somebody murdered him. And it's like, well, it was it the person that realized he had money. Was it the first grown-up to recognize that he had $50,000 and give it to him? Was mm. it the first? Was that person the person that was trying to kill the person he used to be and make him into yeah. a new person? So I think that's what is sticking in my mind. Why did he become Sidney Poitier in the last two pages? You know, Because he just kind of walks from that life and is that other person. And nobody's going, oh, my gosh, you're fake. That's just him. Yeah. It's just him. Yeah, where's the real Sidney Poitier being like, there's an imposter. No, I think that's just right. him. Yeah. Well, and that kind of makes me wonder, like, is the dead body Sidney the real Sidney Poitier? Maybe. Maybe they happen to be in the same place at the same time. No, I think it's just one person. <laughs> And he just drops the knot. There's got to be a more s- simple explanation. Maybe Sidney no. Poitier. No, no, is a for sure. I mean, for maybe Sidney Poitier is a metaphor for some value the, uh, the that was learned in the book. Yeah. I don't. And then when finally, I don't. Um, <laughs> I've been absorbing Good all this. Try, I'm trying. Guess it was it's a, past my bedtime. I was with you. Oh, I was yeah. with you. I was like, he's going somewhere. Yeah. With this. I ran out of steam. <laughs> I think. Well, I think it like this. Like maybe it's you know I didn't read the book, so I don't you know know what lessons are to be taken from it. But perhaps Sidney Poitier, the actor, mm-hmm. is that lesson. Yeah. And it was learned by the end of the book, so it was like yeah. Now I'm finally well, Sidney Poitier because I learned. Plank. Yeah. Humility, yeah. whatever. Well, he became a famous, recognized, good-looking, rich, successful, 
black man that was always that man, but mm -hmm. was treated all these different ways and in all these different scenarios until he was, oh, that's Sidney Poitier. But, so he was no longer just some dark-skinned gentleman. Yeah. He was, he was no longer just the guy yeah. getting yeah. arrested for being black, and he was no longer just the the man that the women were fascinated with and thought they could take advantage mm -hmm. of. Like suddenly he was like, because oh. when people like people kind of freak out over Sidney Poitier. I mean, he's a beautiful, famous man, and he was also you know in government. He was also in the army, and you know, but I'm sure he was also a stand-up guy. He was a stand-up guy. That's Sydney. He was a stand-up guy. He was a stand-up guy. Yeah. Yes. So, but that's Harry Belafonte right there. That's not Sydney Poitier. <laughs> oh, that I was is like, not Sydney Poitier. Why are we looking at Harry Belafonte? I know. Although you know, there, the is, there is a mention. There is there is some interesting. There's mention of a. Of, so there's another character in here with the Bahami, Baham Bahamanian. Good job. Why Good job. the fuck can I not say that? Well, Bahamanian. No, I like definitely could have never said that before in my life on purpose. Bahamian. Because you've never had to introduce someone from the Bahamas and say, hey, mom I and dad, it. this I is my it. friend. He's Bahamanian. Yep. He's Sydney. He's never had to say that. Yeah. <laughs> How do you say Bahamian? <laughs> Maybe it's Bahamian and not Bahami Bahamian. Bahamanian. Bahamanian. What do you call people from the Bahamas? <laughs> Bahamian. It's Bahamian. Not Bahamian. Yeah, see? It's Bahamian. We're going to queue up the sound sample here so we know how to. Okay, I think I'm right. What do you think the voice is going to sound like? A robot. That's what I hope. Bahamian. Or like your GPS unit? Yeah, no. I really want to find a good. I mean, this prose is so good. Hold on. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. Watch a commercial run, like a 15 second commercial. Yeah, like. Do you hate flossing? <laughs> what? Bahamian. Bahamian. Oh, wow. That was Bahamian. beautiful. Bahamian. Thank you. Do it again. Yeah, it's beautiful. Bahamian. Yeah, she rocked it. If you're going to say one word, say it like that chick said that word, Bahamian. dude. Say it. <laughs> Do it. Here she comes. Shh. Everybody. Here it comes. Here it comes. Bahamian. Man, that was a robot, though. Bahamian. I think it was a robot. That was a very breathy it's robot. From but someone, it was it's what you call. It's what you call someone from Baham. Yeah, <laughs> from Baham. Do you think those islands would be as attractive if, like, people were going? We're going on a cruise to the Bahams. The Bahams. Feel <laughs> like. That sounds like Knock it's going to be raining out. the whole time. <laughs> Knock yourself out going to the Bahams. It's like, let's change it to the Bahamas. Sounds like a shark attack waiting to happen. <laughs> the Bahamas? Bahames? Nah. Yeah, yeah the Bahames. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you, Todd. Shark attack. Um, I want to find a good passage. Okay. I just yeah. want to read anything of this because it's just so funny. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, I don't know what to choose. So, did we leave anything out? The roommate, him. Uh, you know what's interesting is his... Um, Percival, when, when Percival first becomes his kind of, he starts kind of going to office hours or whatever, and Percival says something like, don't be a sheep. Don't be uh, a sheep. 
I just and then that. he starts pledging for that fraternity. Yes. And, and so he, when Percival sees him, he goes, bah. He bahs and have you ever seen somebody pledging a fraternity? They've got like lines drawn on their forehead for how many days they've been awake. And they're like wearing the same clothes and mm-hmm. they stink. And they're like post-traumatic stress disorder. So he's going through that for a few days and then he kind of wises up. I can't remember why he wises up. Oh, he stands up for a friend. That's what he does. He wises up. Yeah, he kind of sees the their behavior as just like just ridiculous. You yeah, know? he's yeah. just like we, you know, we can't possibly take this. Yeah, I wonder if there's a movie. I wonder if there's a Sidney Poitier. I love saying it. <laughs> Sidney Poitier. Poitier. Yeah. Alexander Bahamian. <laughs> Bahamian. Bahamian. Yeah, she rocks it. I think Rihanna is Bahamian, isn't she? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think she is. So, um, Can you imagine? What? Just being Bahamian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't. Like, what the fuck? I want to live in a nice, like, place yeah. like that. I, I don't well, know. I don't know a, if it's yeah. nice maybe not a nice island. place to live. Well, for you most know what's people, interesting is, uh, you know, have you spent a lot of time in Jamaica or. No, like, I haven't. It's kind of like, well, is this system really working? <laughs> like when I had a wonderful time staying at my friend's place in Jamaica, and it was beautiful, Orca Besa. They call it James Bond Beach because that's where Ian Fleming wrote all the mm-hmm. James Bond movies. And so the name of the beach was James Bond Beach, and Orca Besa was a little school there, and we stayed in this wonderful place, and people were nice, et cetera. However, it was trashed. Mm. It was trashed. Mm. Like, Sometimes I think Ipsy's kind of trashed, but you know, you can pick up your street. You can pick up trash on your street for like 10 minutes and it's clean. This place was trashed. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful, like tropical island with coconuts. A lot of places have have issues. But it was just trash. You know, there's no system. There's no system system for picking it up. And if you think about like how how people there, I mean, I lived in Egypt for a while and it was the same kind of thing. Like, there's just trash everywhere. And someone said to me at one point that. Well, when you think about, and I think this only applies to a certain portion of the population, but at least people who, you know, I mean, plastics are so ubiquitous now, they didn't used to be, you know, and if there's, if people aren't educated about that, not to just throw things out the window of a car. It's like you wouldn't necessarily think, oh, this thing is going to harm the planet. Like, right? You don't know. like. It's just a matter of know. it's just a matter of education and right. having a system yeah. in place for being able to. I was so sh- surprised because it yeah. was like shockingly beautiful. Yeah, you know, there was literally like lush green, wonderful mm-hmm. plants and coconuts that we would just chop up and drink from, and it was beautiful. And also just piles of garbage and. I wanted to clean it all up, yeah. but the the people they were like, "Oh, that's what Americans say. They always want to clean it up, you yeah. know." But like, I think we're gonna sweep in, like, yeah. But also sweep, you sweep could up clean a little it up bit, today, but it's not like a system, right? Just or uh, right, that's what I'm saying. Like, it it would take a generation or a decade or you know right. whatever right. to. Or you could make it, it like a contest instilled game show. Like, who can people's. pick up the most trash? Yeah, but it's a but like recycling and not just like th- or not just you know throwing something on the ground. Even rather, I mean like 
put a yeah, piece yeah, of trash yeah. in your pocket rather than throwing it on the ground when you're out somewhere. Like I've done that with people and they've been like, why are you putting trash in your pocket? I was like, what, you, would, would you just throw it on the ground? And people were like, yeah, what do you mean? Like, right, right. What? Is no, of course not. Expectation. Yeah, yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah. it's a matter of, of yeah. education. Yeah. I think maybe, you know, depending on where you are, it's also like a class thing because at the, uh, the other side is that you see very wealthy people and they're like, well, there's always somebody who's going to pick up after me. Oh, dang. On the other side of the. (laughs) You know, it's funny. So I pick up trash on my street in Ipsy all the time. And I've got a few friends that kind of make fun of me for doing it because they, because I'm just, when I was in high school, I don't like trash on my street. And I live near college. And so after a crazy weekend or after the snow melts, it's just like, the street gets trashed, you know, or if it's really mm-hmm. windy on trash day and I just don't like it. I don't like to turn on my street and for it to be trashed. So sometimes it's like once a week. Sometimes it's once a month. Like it just depends. And um, it got to where I was doing it pretty regularly. And this old man that used to sit on the porch would like point things out to me, you know, <laughs> like there's a straw over there. There's a cigar <laughs> wrapper over there. Thanks, ma'am. Thank like, basically, you. Also, yeah, left. it was my job. Yeah, he, like he would point out, like you miss that. You go over there. There's like some napkins on the road. Oh, they're helping <laughs> I you. Say, I know because I put you. them there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and it's not, you know, it's like here's the truth: is like some bad habits go together. You know, <laughs> like you hardly ever see. Do you know what I mean? You see a lot of cigarillos, <laughs> spicy hot Doritos, <laughs> and like Ooh, one hot pink Doritos. high top shoe. Can we talk about the, the munchies that we want right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to Old Town right after this and getting a beer mm. and like oh, either a grilled cheese shit. with mushrooms on it shit. or some gumbo mm. or realsies. I'm gonna have a bowl of granola cereal. Oh my gosh, that sounds granola good too. Cereal. That sounds good too. Oh. But I have to be careful about cereal though because I haven't had it in a long time. And if I open a box of cereal, it's going down. Yeah, yeah. Give me. <laughs> don't even think about. Don't even think about like fold the top up and put it away. Uh-huh. Are it, you kidding me? It's oh like crack for me. I yeah, can't, I'm not. No, I'm I shouldn't be allowed. Way. I shouldn't be allowed. I'm, the same I'm way. having I'm having a too. problem right now with holiday treats. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like it's upon us. I try to just have one. No. And then it's like th- minimum three. His his girlfriend brought me cookie uh, to the show the other night. I'm, that was like a cookie with a red hot. No, not a red hot. With uh, a Jolly, Jolly Ranch. They're not even that good. It. I loved it. Did I you, loved it. Too, I don't know. They're too. Well, but also I too. But I, I've been eating starting, a lot of those too. Yeah, starting at Halloween, mm-hmm. it was like, and then Thanksgiving, and then just office parties, because yeah. I don't really have candy in my house. Yeah, I would never. I never could never right. keep cookies and shit in my house. I'm not one of those people. No, but Reese's cups, mm-hmm. Reese's cups. Mm-hmm. At my job, we have this little thing with the stocking going around. What are you? Are you trying to remind me that we're doing a show? No, I was going to say <laughs> okay. I just put down four bags of trees in the past two in the past couple of weeks. Four bags Reese's of trees, what? Reese's trees. Reese's uh, trees? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But are they just like tree yeah. shit? Yeah. Tree shit. Those are so good. The, 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 I couldn't stop. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I ate a half a bag, then woke up and had them for breakfast. I'm like, oh, <laughs> God. That sounds so good. And then I picked up another bag, and I figured, you know, two. 
became three, <laughs> no. became four, became five, became I have a bag again. Todd, that's why we're all here tonight. We're here to talk to you that we're concerned by how many Reese's trees you've been <laughs> eating. <laughs> Marty, Marty is concerned about you. Marty, read what you wrote to Todd. <laughs> <laughs> I we pulling had a meeting, it up on his phone right now. We had a meeting last week, and we had you know it was like a, a off off site meeting, and so they had bagels and croissants in the morning, and then they got us Jimmy Johns, and then they like she just this woman in our office gets us snacks all day if we have a meeting, and so there was mm. all these baklava and chocolate Ooh. croissants and all these things. And yesterday morning I came in and I was just tired of looking at the chocolate croissants, and I'm like. I'm just going to take one for the team and eat all the chocolate croissants because I'm tired of fighting it. All of them? It was just two. Oh, okay. That's they were really nice. Like, I never am like, I'm going to have a fluffy pastry with chocolate in the middle. But 20 seconds in the microwave with a cup of coffee, fucking Mm, chocolate croissant, dude. That sounds so good. Like, I just want so many (laughs) different things right now. It's problematic. I definitely want nachos. And they have those at Old Town. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, for sure. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. What know, I was do. trying to find what a good, were you trying I was to find trying a passage? I was just trying to find something, but I can't find anything. I okay. mean, it's also good, but... It is also good. I wish I could find something that was like a good wrap-up. It was but. a winner. Really, I think... I think... Yogurt. It's always one of these things with... Um, <laughs> when we discuss the books, what's so great is I think I know what I'm thinking about it, but then coming in here and realizing yes. I didn't even take into consideration yes. because I read it so quickly. Yes. I didn't look up any of the references. I didn't think about the Sidney Poitier movies. I can't believe I didn't think about the Sidney Poitier movies because some of them are just so blatantly obvious. I have gone, I'm going to have to watch yeah, them now. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm not I'm gonna, one for like old movies. I feel like I've I've done just as good today as i have in the past i basically <laughs> wrote this book <laughs> fuck even having re- read it i wrote this book oh this my point. gosh so um like, i feel like i could tell people what this book was about you should you should you should i highly recommend this and um the it. other book of his uh, erasure i think was the one that came before this is in a similar vein is what um i okay. read so yeah. maybe read uh, the other one, Erasure first, and then this one. I don't know. It seems like that yeah, was maybe not that there's anything chronological, but it's um, but he does have a lot else. of stuff out there. So, elaborate, yeah. um, very very I am interesting. Not not. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. I am not. What? That's not, Boston. Not directed Ghost Dad. Not. Yeah, which had Ghost Dad. Yeah. Ghost Dad had um husband. Yeah. Look at I all need, that in the oh, middle of the night. Sh- Look, like in the eighties. Yeah. This is a serious filmography. Dude, so much. Little Nikita. Look at that. Little River Nikita. Phoenix. Holy shit. Wow. We tried to wrap Damn. up, remember? Yeah, well, we you know, it's like a, right it's off. like uh what do they okay. say? The opposite of an Irish goodbye. So I'm Damn gonna pause Android. I'm gonna pause real quick. Yes. And just we're gonna be quiet for a minute and then I'm gonna try to do my little oh, intro. Yeah. I'm gonna do a couple little do intro it. takes so we can uh edit it off at the end. These are my notes. There's like nothing. <laughs> okay. And then I'm gonna point to you guys and we're gonna try it three times. We're gonna say Reeds and weeds and weeds oh, okay. and weeds and just do it. Do it. Just All, do right. it. All right. All right. Let's yeah. go. Not yet, though. I'll point to you when it's time. 
Um, There's food out there. Let's so, go. I know. I know. Stop talking. Hey, right, so welcome to Reads and Weeds. We like to smoke weed and read books. I like to smoke weed and read books with my friends. And if you want to smoke weed and read books with us, you can come be on the show or join and just listen and read along. One, two, three. Reads, Reads and, and weeds. weeds. One more take. One, two, three. Reads, Reads and weeds. Okay. Thanks. And then play that song. Play that groovy Otis Reddick version of that song from um, Guess Who's Coming I'll to Dinner. I'll play that Bahamian pronunciation again. Bahamian. Bahamian. Let's do a remix. Bahamian. The best part was if you could see that video. I know. It was Bahamian. great. It was, it was like great. five seconds of like a swirl. Is it coming up? You got it? Bring it up. Ooh, take us out, Otis. All right. Bye, Claire. Bye, Marty. Bye. Good job. Thanks for being here. Bye, Batch. And let your little heart just cry a little. That's the story of that's the glory of love Y'all I know what I'm talking about Get through with us. <laughs>